You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On ACC. We are live and visually effective, okay? We got my boy Jersey Drake in the building, Andre Silva. If you don't know him, it's full government out here. We are going to kick things off with week one talk predictions. We know that Thursday night game is happening. We have not yet gotten a chance to cover that, but we'll have all that for you on Monday. But speaking of just the season in general, the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every decision with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Tune in starting yesterday and the day before that. So we're good to go. Locked and loaded. Jersey Drake, how's it going? Welcome to the stage. It is good, Candace. In about literally what twenty four hours, I will be on a flight over to Tallahassee. I haven't been to I haven't been to an FSU game since I think the Clemson game, the Chop Block in twenty sixteen. So I am stoked. And also, in about four hours, I'm dropping my you know new album, Certified Lover Boy, on Spotify, album music. So I am here ready to talk some football, baby. <laughs> I can promise you. So if anyone knows, I was a swimmer in college, and I am starting to do masters coaching. So I've had the opportunity to coach some of the seasoned vets, we call them. I don't call people old. It's say seasoned, right? So tomorrow I get the ox cord. I'm debating if I'm going to play certified lover boy or I should just like chill and just really vibe out when I get home. So what do you, do you think I should just go ahead and let it roll or that, that would be too much for the old crowd? Uh, that's really, really tough. I'm not going to lie to you since it's like it's brand, brand new. And like I want, I like Drake a lot, but his last album was a very hit or miss. So maybe go back to, I personally, since a game day weekend, do the car two, maybe the car three. Go with like something like mm. that because that's how we can get the party started. The car three, very big energy. Okay, okay, okay. Well, if y'all don't know, Jersey Drake is in the building and he come comes with it every Freestyle Friday. We have some good stuff for you, right? We have the Atlantic Division, the Coastal Division, and some game weekend predictions for his segment for the season. Can you talk a little bit about the teams you're covering? I'm going to start with the Atlantic Division. Florida State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. And you're very familiar with one of those bad boys. Yep, I am a recent grad. Well, not recent graduate. And now I feel older just for saying that. I graduated from Florida State back in 2015. I was there from 2011, 2015, and that's basically if you guys know that you know that range. I was there for EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston, the kind of I didn't want to say the beginning of DeAndre Francois. So I was there for you know the championship game and basically seeing how we were at the top of our game and then seeing how Clemson you know has passed us over and the other schools I'm very familiar with actually. Uh, those are nerd schools and. You're lucky with me because I'm a huge nerd as well. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And then on the coastal side, Jesse Drake will be covering UNC, Duke, and Virginia. It's solid schools there as well. They actually have a little bit better athletically for some of them. Not everybody, but when it comes to football, we might be holding it down on that front with UNC. I mean, yeah, you definitely do with UNC. And then Virginia, I mean, they're more for their basketball, but I think they have probably one of the better coaches are probably in the conference and probably Bronco Mendenhall. So I'm a huge Bronco guy. I mean, yeah. So. And then the third segment, Jersey Drake will help us out with all game weekend predictions. So we are going to go through the entire schedule usually. But, I mean, we can do that today if you like. Or you can just give me your top picks and what we can do. We'll see how the time goes. We're, we're flowing today. So we like to vibe it. We like to see how, you know, we just feel. Because Freestyle Friday, anything goes. Right? So let's start there. All right. Starting with the Atlantic. Florida State. 
we've got a great game, and I want you to go ahead and go ahead and get that out there. You let us know how you feel about your boys coming up to the stage playing Notre Dame on a Sunday at 7:30 on ABC. I feel like it's going to be one for the ages, but I don't want to. I don't want to talk out of turn here. So you got the floor. I think this is probably the most important game that FSU has played since probably probably the Auburn National Championship game. And I mean that because one of the big things I've talked about on the show with my co-host Max and Dave is that FSU ran like the way they ran athletics was a very a mom and pop style. Very, you know, we we didn't put all the money into the athletic program because we were just we were so good at what we were doing. But then now we've been passed up by by, you know, a Clemson, Ohio State and Alabama for the past five years. We need to see if we can, you know, eventually, because we are a blue blood originally, we need to be able to show everyone else that we can push back towards that mantle. And against Notre Dame, who was another blue blood as well, that's going to be a huge thing for our program because also Coach Norvell is basically, he's brought, brought in to clean up a huge mess. I mean, you see also the transfers with 11 transfers with uh, Mackenzie Milne, Kier Thomas, Jamie Robinson, and Jermaine Johnson. That that game is so important, not only for him, but also the fan base as a whole. That we, can we actually, you know, Make sure that we can get take our next step forward, and not be left in the left in the sorry left in the back burner like a Nebraska. I see how they're playing right now, and also no offense to Miami, y'all have been relevant for twenty years. That we want to make sure that we don't go towards that towards that sentiment. Yeah, and listen, Tyler Ockham from yesterday's episode, Locked on Syracuse, he was talking to us about the Miami game going up against Alabama. I showed him this clip of an Alabama player kind of unloading. I saw that. Right? Okay. And so I was like, I'm just praying for De'Aaron King's knee at this point. I'm praying for that offensive line because that's going to be the game where it could go real left real quick. But on the flip side of this, talking about Florida State and Notre Dame, Coach Norvell has a lot to prove. I think after the whole COVID issue and, you know, you know what he was – communicating with the team and kind of dysfunction. Could he handle the locker room? It was getting kind of out of control for a bit. Now is a time where you really have your own players. Can you kind of impose what you, your philosophies and what you've been trying to instill in these guys? Can you, can we see that now? Can we trust that you can lead Florida state back to who they were? I, if you asked me this question, probably when he was first hired, I would probably would have said no. Mm-hmm. I was very, very against the hire. I personally would want to go after a James Franklin type. Cause that's kind of, no offense that we're the we're the we're Florida State's a premier program. That's the kind of person that we should be going after, not another group of five head coach. We saw what happened with the last guy, Willa Taggart. But seeing how over the past, I think eight months, he definitely has cultivated. You know, the kids that he's bringing out have is basically his his mentality and his image, and it's basically seeing how it's it's his guys for now, like you were saying earlier. And this is one of the most important moments here because. He needs to win with these guys because you had last year you had the COVID the COVID excuse right. Yeah. It's really difficult, you know, to come in, bring in your culture, foundation building, especially because Jimbo left the entire program probably in tatters. Well, Taggart, you know, didn't, was not given enough time, and also just basically was not the right man for the job. So after a year, we need to see if there's any improvement whatsoever. I think we will see it, you know, Sunday night against Notre Dame, but it's definitely very important for him. He's not only coaching, I think, for basically you know the season i think he's also coaching for his job honestly on sunday yeah no doubt and that will be again a great matchup to see and we also have wake forest who jersey drake will be covering they're playing old dominion at 7 p.m on the acc network and that'll be friday then you got syracuse playing ohio at 7 p.m on cbs they will be going down there and listen i'm not saying syracuse has to win this game but could potentially coach <laughs> Dino Babers stop laughing? Could Dino Babers be out of a job if he does not get it done on this game one? Very seriously. 
So Ohio is actually like one of the better teams in the MAC year in okay. year out. So I personally don't think that's if he loses this game. Like I mean, it's not a good look, obviously, but I personally don't think it's as much of a gimme because I love watching mm. a lot of MAC football. But with Dino, it's more that I think his benchmark for the year he has to make a bowl bowl game. I think okay. he has to reach that reach that threshold because last year was was god awful. I know a bunch of players you know weren't weren't playing. I know he only won one game though last year. Mm-hmm. So to me. He needs to definitely needs to, he doesn't need to win this game, but I think it's more that he needs to over the season show that he that last year was a fluke of only winning one game because he's what three years removed from ten win games and being Clemson. Yeah. yeah, I think people don't take into consideration how hard twenty twenty was, and if you look at where they were location, like ter- what is the word I'm looking for? If you look at the where they were, they were in New York where everything went kind of the shit real quick. So I'm hoping that we just have that one off. Everyone regroups. You heard a couple of the players basically wanting to come back for six years because they did not want to go out on such a poor note. So I think I think they are believing in Babers, and he has not yet lost a locker room, which is going to be key for a place like Syracuse when we all know it ain't, nobody's rolling in Syracuse wanting to play football necessarily. No, I completely agree. And, you, and from all accounts, that he's a really good person, a really great head coach, and I'm a huge fan of him too. So I hope he does, you know, there's a lot of, there's not enough, you know, African American minority head coaches out there. And I think he's one of the better ones too. I think he definitely has the resume that speaks for itself. So I hope he does yeah. win this game. And then I guess, you know, moving forward to the uh, next team in the Atlantic with Wake Forest, I think Wake Forest actually well, is also another team that probably is actually getting a lot less credit than they deserve. Mm. Well, be clear a good people don't make great coaches all the time. So unfortunately, Numbers don't lie, and Baylor better get it done. But I think when you come to numbers don't lie, it don't matter what numbers that Coach Clawson has. He has a job forever away for us until he doesn't want it, in my opinion, because they don't have that much you know, prominence in the athletic whole department. Forget just basketball, foot first football. They care about it, but it's like, eh, if we don't do well, did we have fun? Like They're definitely participation trophy-type squads. But who knows? They could change my mind, but I'm not believing. Sam Hartman, though, I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's one of those quarterbacks who, if we talk about the landscape, we all know how well ACC quarterbacks are. He definitely is in that bottom, like lower tier, but still elite in his own right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Actually, I've been a big, huge fan of Sam Hartman since QB1. I mean, he was, you can tell that he definitely is a QB's kid. He was, I think it was under, what was it, Will Greer's dad in South Carolina, I think it was the air, or North Carolina, my bad. And mm-hmm. I, and not only is he the best player, I think probably, I think he's, He's, he's representative of how the floor for the QBs in the ACC has, has gone higher, has gotten taller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he's representative of that. And also, people forget that Wake Forest has probably a dynamic receiver in J-Rob, Ja'Kor Roberts, Roberson, is that how I pronounce mm-hmm. it? Yep. yep. Yeah, he's, if I remember correctly, against y'all, I think he had like, what, 12 catches? All right, you didn't, to, you, didn't yards. Have to do that. you didn't have to do that as an example. Okay. I, I, but 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 still, I mean, like, I mean, that <laughs> no, shows yeah. though. Like, as a, yeah. I want to say, he was like a junior last year. He shows that he's a he's a dynamic playmaker. He can take over games single handedly with a, you know a stuck QB and Sam Hartman. So I really interested to see how Dave Clawson, you know, performs this year because you're right. It's really difficult for him to actually succeed away for us because they are. If those of you don't know, that don't know, they're the smallest Power Five uh, football school in the country with I think a student population of what like maybe five k which yeah, is absolutely exactly. absurd. So mm-hmm. the, way, the fact that he's competing and going to bowl games with that is a testament to, testament, uh, testament to him. Absolutely. Well, we've got some good looks on the Atlantic Division side, but of course, got to get your thoughts on the Coastal after I speak to you quickly about 
Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is truly something for everyone. Whether you like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate, whatever, what have you, you can get one that you want. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars, they're good. They are healthy too. You can check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar. Order yours today. Again, you can get that raspberry, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, whatever you want. Go to BillBar.com. Use promo code Locked On to get 15% off your order now. Again, that's promo code Locked15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Jersey Drake in the building. We are talking through some good stuff as he will be predicting, looking ahead throughout the season, giving us some hot topics and some hot takes. Flipping over to the coastal side here in a bit, he'll be covering UNC. Duke and Virginia. Excited to hear his thoughts there. But let's start with UNC playing Virginia Tech, the only two schools in the conference that will be playing each other out the gate. Coastal rivals, we all know, Friday at 6, mm, 6 p.m. There it is. Friday at 6 is going to be a showdown for sure. Juicy Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm going to share a sentiment that A.J. Black and Ken said last week. I think Justin Fuente is a terrible head coach. I really don't <laughs> know how this man – I think him and Jim Harbaugh, or as Lena Witt called him a lot on Seminoles, Jim Fraudball, have kept their jobs for so long, but have been very mediocre. Yeah. Uh, and also Braxton Burmeister, this man is still picking this kid to play quarterback. I mean, I'm not no disrespect to the brother, but my, my, my guy, like he can't he can't play quarterback. I don't think he can throw the football that well. And with UNC, I mean, I know y'all lose Javante Williams and Michael Carter, but I like Ty Chandler. I like Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Caleb Hood, right? Like with uh, De'Ami Brown's younger brother on the outside. I think you actually have a lot of good weapons, and you still have who I think is the best QB in the ACC in Sam Howe. Yeah. Future Heisman winner Sam Howe and future first-round pick Sam Howe. So, and I, I do think quarterbacks actually help you immensely, especially in the ACC. So I think UNC probably beats beats the brakes off of Justin Fuente, and he might be fired maybe two weeks after that. <laughs> so I think Jeremiah Gimmel and Tony Grimes and it's not – Eugene, is it Eugene Asante? Yeah, this Eugene, Eugene, Eugene Asante, Virginia yes. kids. There you go. I think those are going to be the key factors for this game. If they can really play a shutdown defense and they can not allow Burmeister to get any sort of you know love and attention or feel any any good about himself, we're in good shape because we all know Sam's going to do it. Everyone keeps talking about the offense, but if you don't even take a step and look at this defense, we all know that it's been Carolina's Achilles heel, all pun intended throughout this top past couple of years. So I think that's going to be the biggest where the litmus test of where Carolina is. Can they hold up against, you know, a good, strong offense moving forward beyond just Virginia Tech? Can they get Sam Howell into the better your team is, the more likely you're going to be in that Heisman conversation. But if you don't do that, we're not anywhere. So being starting out top 10 in the country is nothing to sniff at. But I, I don't want to get too excited because I want to, that's how you, you know you lessen the blow of getting disappointed. I mean, yeah, but that's the we're called football fans, though. You know, we get excited about every damn thing. I mean, I was getting excited about you know weightlifting videos back in back in February with our kids, you know, working out and everything. But yeah. I do like how you point out Eugene Asante. I actually watched a lot of his film back when he was a recruit because I remember Tiger was very high on him, and I can see why the kid is fast. The kid is big, and the kid is a very mobile linebacker, and that is just scares the crap out of me. If I was playing when we play against y'all in a few weeks, and I think with Tony Grimes, not a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of people were very like. What's the word I'm looking for? They were very, very surprised and like you know intrigued by how Quinn Ewers was the reclassified from 2022, the 2021 class, go to Ohio State. Tony Grimes did that already. 
And Tony Grimes, to me, is probably one of the most athletic corners that come out in a very long time. So I do think you have a very young and very solid defense. Now you had a little bit of growing pains last year, but I do think this probably might be the year where it might take a little more time to put together. But once you guys might do that in the middle of the year, and that's just a scary thought for y'all. 100%. 100%. And I think that the fact that they're bought in with Ra Ra Dilworth, Jaquarius Connolly, Tony Graham, some of the younger cats, they're really oh, no. trying to, you know, make a move. So that's that's one thing I can hang my hat on feeling like at least they have the pieces in place because that was also a big factor at one point. But when you turn your tables over to high talk, you also got to talk about the guys who are just trying to survive. And that's Duke, who we know are going to Charlotte this weekend. They are going to Charlotte. They'll play tomorrow at 7 o'clock on CBS Sports. And frankly, I know this might be the last time for Coach Cutcliffe, but I just want him to get at least three to four out of this bad boy. I would feel like, you know, I would happy for my guy if he got a couple wins out of it. I do think they're going to be a lot better than they were last season, only because when your quarterback is so bad as Chase Bradford bars in hell, one. But two, I think overall there's just a new mentality, a new energy going into this season. Yeah, I will say that they did themselves no favors by starting Chase Bryce. I mean, the man just – gave the ball away like he was playing for the other team. It was absolutely ridiculous. But my fear with this game, honestly, is I'm a huge fan of Will Healy with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Atkins, our offensive coordinator, actually was the run game coordinator, actually under Will Healy. And he takes a lot of – he implements a lot of his teachings in his game planning. And it's it's really top-notch. And me personally, I like Gunnar Holmberg a lot. I mean, I've read, I've read an interview the other day with him discussing how Daniel Jones and I think it was Quint, uh, Quentin Harris. He spoke to them like when he was mm-hmm. like, you know, not playing, not starting, but like how to handle the backup role. Mm-hmm. I think you have a great solid person in there. I like Mateo Duran a lot, but they lost Vigor Mukherjee, who is probably going to be a stud in the NFL with the Cardinals. Come on. They also lost, what's his name? Chris Rumpf. Chris Rumpf. Thank you, former the son of the Miami Hurricane. And that's a lot on a defense that already wasn't particularly that great. Yeah. And with Gunnar Holmberg, you know, hey, listen, good luck, best of luck to you. But I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Cut starts off his last year with an L in Charlotte. Ooh, let's hope it's not an L, especially coming off of Charlotte game. Because when you talk about being in the conversation with other ACC teams, you can't have these, you know, one-offs under your belt with you know, kind of terrible losses. But then you look at Virginia, right? We go to Virginia, and they are also trying to be in the mix here. They'll be playing William & Mary, another soft opening for them at 7.30 on ESPN3. And I think just because they're in-state, you can't sleep on them, but it seems like an easy win for the Cavaliers. So I have a friend of mine, actually, who was with their who was on the equipment team, actually, for William & Mary uh, two years ago, actually. And, I mean, they, from all accounts, is they, you know, they play really well. The problem mm-hmm. is they haven't, I think they haven't played in what, maybe a year mm-hmm. or something like that? Or they played, I'm sorry, they played play for a year and then they had the spring season last year. They went, I think, one and two in the FCS. And with Virginia, I know they bring back Brendan Armstrong, who is low key kind of also almost another example of an ACC quarterback who was great elevating the floor. I mean, he's not Bryce Perkins, but he's yeah. still a solid person. I mean, I call him the Red Rival for a reason. He's got a solid arm and he likes to move. I mean, the kid yeah. had 600 rushing yards and led his team with rushing. That's also a problem. You ain't got to tell me. I saw that Carolina-Virginia game, and I was just confused. But the same token, I think Brennan Armstrong proved that on any given night, anybody is beatable. And he gave gave Virginia and Cavalier fans something to kind of look forward to going into this season. Because I'll say it 300 times over, 2020 is not a strong reflection of any team. Carolina Mm -hmm. wasn't that great. And Virginia's in the Florida States weren't that bad. But also, like, the Georgia Techs of the world weren't that bad. It's just the circumstances. We Some people, you know, went unscathed in terms of COVID and having to sit people out. And some people literally, like, Virginia Virginia Tech, who had to sit out, like, 20 guys, 
almost didn't have people enough people to run through a season. And now you have no excuse to not be ready and available. So when we go to examine you this season, if you're not ready to put up or shut up on any regard, it's kind of on you, big dog. Yeah, and it starts right with the head coach. That's why that's why I think it's very important to look at look at Dino Babers, look yeah. at a Mike Norvell, look at Justin Fuente, who probably and also look at Manny Diaz too, because you definitely need to look at how they respond to it this year because then now they all have a full year. They're able to implement what they want, the recruits that they want. And they actually, some people, you know, have easier schedules than others and they have an easier path to actually probably making the bowl, bowl game. But yeah. it is really important to actually, you know, understand that your excuses are gone. Like you're getting paid seven figures. Like, and some people are getting paid, you know, $7 million because they fired the head coach before that. So, okay. Send a put up or shut up. percent <laughs> no doubt. All right. Time for weekend predictions. You know, Jersey Drake is going to give us some hot, spicy takes after we talk about betonline.ag. He is the betting man himself. As we know, football season is in full swing. And as always, we encourage you to bet online with betonline.ag, the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Listen, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is the make a bet on the September 9th season opener for the NFL Super Bowl champion, Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys will be taking center stage. You can bet on them, and if you if you lose, your wager will be refunded for up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. Please use promo code LOCKEDON. So we're rounding out today's show with Jersey Drake. We got a lot left to cover. Not really, because it's just all about betting. You got to put your money up. Put up or shut up. You got to let me know what are the teams that you have your money on here in the ACC, of course, that you feel like are surefire wins, if you have any surefire wins. I always have surefire wins. All I do is win, (laughs) baby. Okay, listen. (laughs) I know the game is already over for listening, but for Candace, just for you, I'm going to let you know take NC State by at least, you know, I think they're at 19 and a half right now. Okay. They're going to dog walk. South Florida. I, I like Jeff guy. Scott a lot. I think he's gonna be a good head coach, but mm-hmm. I have actually turned around a lot on Devin Leary. I think he's the only he's one of the few QBs in the country that actually has improved every single year. And if he can stay healthy, paired with Zonovan Knight, that is actually, actually gonna be a very scary, scary team right there. Yeah, yeah. I I hundred percent feel like Devin Leary, Bam Knight, and what's my guy's name? Listen, I can't Peyton Wilson are Peyton going Wilson. to be something of a problem. I think they could give Clemson a little bit of noise. They could shake it up, but I was talking about yesterday that Clemson is pretty much their defense. is going to be tough to take those guys down, but we other have other games to mention. Who are you taking for Carolina Virginia Tech? I'm taking Carolina. I said it before. I'll say it again. Justin Fuente is not that great of a head coach. And I think Sam, I think it takes y'all a little bit. Y'all might not start that hot after the first quarter. It might be like a seven zero kind of game, maybe seven three, but I think you pick up the pace after halftime adjustments because Fuente doesn't do that at all whatsoever, and you beat them probably 10 points. It 100% comes down to who can make adjustments. Sometimes Carolina struggled, and you saw when they played Notre Dame last season, they couldn't exactly get it going in the third and fourth quarter. So hopefully we see that change, and we got some maturity on all sides. All right, Duke, Charlotte, who you got? Uh, <laughs> you, you want me to do that for week week one because I really – Yeah, all right. got to. 
I got to personally. I would take Charlotte plus six and a half. I would probably honestly put two units on that. And then for money line, I would take that too as well. I think Charlotte might win this game at a last second thing right here. Oh, I'm baby, sorry, crack up, but it. that's just my personal opinion. Okay, sorry, well, JJ. I, I love this. Look, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm like two units. Okay, cool. Now listen, I do know plus or minus six because I was on bet online for a minute. I got to get myself back. I have my account. They send me that email, like, you got to stop playing. But, you know, it's hard to lose your money. I don't like that. So, we got. I'll get it back together, though. All right, Old Dominion <laughs> and Wake Forest, who you got? I have – so, with Old Dominion, Wake Forest, I think Wake Forest is, like, a third two-point favorite. So, I'm not taking that. I would probably – I think they're at half. I think they're, like, at 16. Mm-hmm. Take that because if you guys watched the UConn-Fresno State game, I did because I took Fresno State in the first half. UConn didn't play a game for two years. Old Dominion didn't play a game in two years. So, they're going to be – lackluster they haven't been in a game speed yet and wake forest like we said with sam Hartman, jacar roberson are gonna lights they're gonna light them up so take wake forest first half okay and then on saturday we have got colgate and boston college i don't think betonline.ag actually offers boston college versus colgate because boston <laughs> college is gonna beat up on colgate like you know like how colgate's like a little toothpaste type of tube they're gonna yeah. squeeze that up you know drain that out and boston college with big fill is going to definitely probably beat them by probably like 50 points because I think they did the same thing with Holy Cross. I think A.J. Block mentioned that earlier this week. I'm telling you, Coach Halfley and Boston College are probably my favorite team. They're awesome. I just (laughs) – I'm really high on Phil. I can say this story a hundred times over. I think that Coach Halfley, when he was talking about the fact that he didn't really get to talk to his player, didn't really get to meet his players like that and really get to know and hone the skills. Can you imagine what this offseason has been like? Can I learn the quirks? Can I learn how you operate? Can I learn how you function? Hell yeah, this is going to be a different energy. If you buy into Coach Halfley's system by now, I think they're going to come out of the gate and really impose their role on Colgate and people should take notice. Not, I mean, it's Colgate, but still, you should be like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what Boston College is about. Yeah, one of my old personal trainers actually played tight end at Colgate, and even he's like, nah, man, we're going to get boat raced. <laughs> <laughs> Not boat race. All right, one of the better games. Actually, no, I'll, I'll spice this up. I'll leave, I'll leave a little anticipation. What you got for UMass and Pittsburgh? UMass and Pittsburgh, UMass coached by the Fighting Walt Bells. Is that what is that, that UMass? Listen, yeah. UMass should not be an FCS team. They should be an F. They should, I'm sorry. They should they should be an FCS team. They should they mm-hmm. do not belong in the FBS. They don't have I think the resources, the administration, and for right now they don't have the head coaching. So to me, Pitt Pitt's going to definitely beat them. I like I said, I don't think they even have it on the book right now. So honestly, if I were y'all, find it. But if you can, like just take Pitt because Pitt's going to beat the Pitt's Pitt's going to beat the crap out of them. I can't even say that. I can't even entertain the idea. I'm here for a Kenny Pickett showdown. I'm here for, you know, a great coach. Not doing I like coach Kenny Pickett. Coach. Yeah, yeah. I, Kenny, I like Kenny Pickett. Guy. Yeah, Kenny knows how to feed the big boys. And you can always respect anybody who knows how to feed his own linemen. Then you got Syracuse in Ohio. Let me know. Who you got? So Syracuse, Ohio, I have actually right here. That's actually a pick Do you know that? It is a – so what that basically means is Syracuse is only favored by one point. Okay. Which is a little nervous for Coach Babers, but all right. Which is extremely nervous for Coach Babers. So quite honestly – I will go Ohio here. I really like the Mac. I think the Mac actually has some of the most underrated football. And this is kind of one of those things that may, I know Dino has a lot of time, but are they? I don't think they're playing at Syracuse, correct? I believe it's in Ohio. Yep. Yep. That's even worse. Because I know the Carrier Dome is a, a Carrier Dome is a hard place to play in because there's no AC. Fun fact, people, even though it's named by Carrier. But if it's in Ohio, then I would honestly take Ohio hands down my line. Help us, Father. All right. Then the two big games on Saturday. We have got Miami playing Alabama. 
Talk about boat uh, races. Sorry, before you go about boat races, have you seen Cocaine Cowboys on Netflix? Yes, I have. It's a really okay. good documentary. I love <laughs> Billy Corbin. I love Billy. He's a great director. He also did Screwball, which is all the biogenesis stuff. He got to baseball fans with A-Rod. So okay. definitely check that out. Check both of those out. With yeah. this game, fun fact, Nick Saban, Kansas, how many times do you think he's like, he hasn't covered a spread in an opener since he started coaching in 1998? Uh, three times. Twice. Okay, close. Very, very close. And every time he's played, he played opener against a, a ranked team, he is 6-0 and against the spread by an average margin of victory of 23.7 points. Well, dang. So, and that makes me so happy because, as y'all know, I co-host Locked on Seminoles. I can't yeah. stand Miami. I'm going to tweet out that picture of the uh, the guy at the funeral to make sure, you know, the guy's getting down to the ground real quick. So I will definitely take Alabama. I will take them up at 21 and a half. They're at 19 and a half right now at battleline.ag because Alabama is going to beat them up. Derek King. I like you a lot. Like you are probably one of the cooler and probably I love how you do your NIL stuff, your entire story, but come back from knee injury, man. And best of luck to you, but don't get yourself out there because if you watch that video, they're coming for you, man. Okay. I ask you this. If Alabama's up 21 points, do you take De'Ara King out if you're Manny Diaz? 100%. You have nothing to gain from that the rest of the game. You really, yeah. really don't. And I, if you want to win the Coastal like you should, you need to pull him out. because And maybe hey, give, give Tyler Van Dyke some reps. Get Peyton Matoka some reps. Give Jake Garcia a little bit of game time reps too. But like, do not bring, do not pull, do not keep someone in there at the sake of, at the sake of you know for your pride at that point. If you're twenty one to zero, because Saban's not going to stop. He doesn't stop in these openers. You said it like a few weeks ago. He makes a point to beat the crap out of the other team on the first day. Uh, praying for my guy, Derek. I hope it's just not brutal. I really I do. Know. All, right. <laughs> All right, Georgia Clemson. Georgia Clemson, another great game that everyone has been high on the hog about. Clemson should handle business, maybe, but Georgia's not anything to sniff at. So, so this game is really, really hard because I've actually flip flopped a little bit on this. When I, when it was first announced, I'm like, oh, Clemson's going to you know to going to beat them, you know, hands down because I didn't like the the Georgia's uh, QB situation. And then JT Daniels came out of nowhere. Actually, it was lights out for the last four games of the year. And then Clemson, I've been a little more – I'm not as high with Big Cinco, DJ Ongalele, mainly because I did see him struggle a little bit last year. But there are times where he can turn it on a little bit. I'm more, more worried about – I know you have Justin Ross, but if I'm Georgia, I will double cover him and make him throw to Aju Aju. I am not – I'm, I'm not as familiar with the running backs as I am. So, to me, it's going it's to go down to defenses. And I think Clemson has a really, really great, really solid defense. We're going to see if Brent Venables last year, you know, was that him being passed by or was it just a COVID year? Yeah. So with me, I think Clemson does win this game, but I don't think they cover. So if I was anybody else out there, take Georgia plus three. Ooh-wee. All right, Northern Illinois, Georgia Tech. Ooh, what time is that game at? <laughs> that game is at 7.30 on Saturday on the ACC Network. I'm going to echo Tyler Aki from earlier in the week. Jeff Sims is a dog. Jameer Gibbs is a dog. They're going to run up and down the field against Northern Illinois. Who's not particularly that good? I mean, I've, I've heard like some people say they're they're a decent team for you know for a group of five. I don't see it. I think Jeff Collins takes that next step with the with the ATL program, and I really do think Georgia Tech probably beats them, but they won't beat them by 18 points. That line is actually outrageous. <laughs> William and Mary in Virginia, as you mentioned, you're high on Coach Mendenhall and Bronco. You think he's going to do great. Brendan Armstrong could probably hold it down, but thoughts on whether they'll take it easy or not? No, I think they do as a kind of a tryout. I think they literally they want to see what they have with Brendan. They need to build his confidence a little bit. I think they actually do leave it all out there on the field. So I definitely do think they they beat them and they probably do cover. 
The only Sunday game we have is Notre Dame and Florida State, your favorite, Ugh. of course. You are you going to be in the mix. You're going to be in the thick of it. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting in the Champions Club with my boys Max, Ooh, Dave, okay, Ken, his mom. Oh, yeah. The Champions Club. Uh, you know, we, hey, listen, I donated enough money to that school. Come on. I, I need some good seats. Okay. Have, okay, listen, I donated enough money to that school. I pay enough you know, student tuition. I got student loans I paid off. Come on. Okay, but I'm not mad at it. Notre Dame, I've actually been saying on the podcast that we have a we have a chance to win this game, and it's mainly because that we brought Mackenzie Milton in mainly because we weren't very confident in Jordan Travis's arm. Last year, he was not consistent as a passer. I think he had one or two like really, really great throws. Where you're like, okay, I can see the potential with him. Mm-hmm. In the spring game, we didn't see much movement, but over the course of the past week and a half, he has developed into a much better passer with Mackenzie Milton helping him out with that. My only concern is that I hope that if he's under game pressure, because you're not getting tackled in practice, you're not getting mm-hmm. sacked, you're not getting touched. I think Ken talked about that on Monday. Right. And my fear is if he does not go past his first read at the first moment of him, like, okay, I'm going to try to do everything. Now. I'm going to push too hard. So it hates, it pains me to say it. I don't think we win this game realistically. Mm. However, I really, really highly think we keep it competitive. Because there's nothing like a Saturday night game in Doak under the lights against a blue blood program like a Notre Dame. So they, I honestly they want think nothing more. Yeah, they would want nothing more at Doak to be a Notre Dame. And the same way mm-hmm. Carolina came in and they were high about you know being what, a top five school at the time, maybe even top yep. ten. And it's like, okay, we're going to come in and dominate. So I think this is the same kind of scenario. You, you beat a top ten team. Now do you have more confidence in Florida State throughout through the rest of the season, or is this a one off? Ooh, I don't think it's a one off. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I don't think the best quarterback is playing Sunday night. Okay. I think Mackenzie Milton still is that better quarterback. He's still a better passer. Like I saw what I, his, his leg was the one that broken. Not his arm, yeah. not his dynamic. And from spring, he was evidently the better passer in the spring game. Mm-hmm. But I think him and Jordan Travis, I wouldn't be surprised if you see multiple red zone looks with both of them in the backfield okay. because they're that dynamic. Jordan Travis is that dynamic. And like I said before, there's something different about watching Chief Osceola and Renegade go to the middle of the, middle of the field and land that spike in the middle of the field. So give me – I know nobody's going to win this game. I hate to say that. But we're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to go down trying. And we're going to lose by four. I would love for you to be wrong on this. So we'll definitely have to check back in next Friday. And then finally on Monday when you guys are full through your weekend of football, you're sitting on the couch like one more thing. Got to get a little dessert here. Louisville and Ole Miss, who I have argued is going to be a great – game only because Louisville has you know we'll see where we're at they they're not high on the hog but we're also not you know scrubs necessarily so where's Malik Cunningham at after a year of injury so Malik Cunningham is really interesting to me because like I don't know whether he's good or bad at being a quarterback I think he's actually held back a lot by Scott Satterfield I'm not a big Scott Satterfield guy mm. but he does does lose Tutu Atwell he does lose Javion Hawkins and Javion Hawkins is probably the best running back in the ACC not named uh, Travis Etienne but the problem is you go up against Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin does not give a damn about defense yeah. Lane Kiffin I, you can say a lot about him the man is an offensive genius I mean the way yeah. he, he made Matt Corral from a no, like a undrafted quarterback to a potential you know third round pick is absurd yeah. I mean the guy the guy builds and makes playmakers so to me I think Ole Miss is probably going to beat them by a bad amount because I don't think Louisville's defense is also is particularly that great Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to be super down the ACC teams, but it's really hard when these, these out of conference teams are 
when Lane, Lane Kiffin against Scott Satterfield, I will go, I will ride the Lane train, you know, 10 times out of 10. <laughs> no doubt. All right, that is your full recap of all the games of this coming weekend. We are super excited and reminding you that this was week one, so there was nothing else to talk about previous. But come Thursday or Friday, ain't nobody trying to talk about the past. All right, we want to move on a little bit. So we're going to look at a week ahead and get ready for those next group of games. So glad to have Jersey Drake in the building holding now for our first YouTube episode where we get to show our beautiful faces. I'm really pumped for that. Drizzy Drake, can you remind people of where they can find you, follow your work? You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Seminoles. You can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host at Max Moody 17 And you can follow, so we have a collective, a community called at Knowles Anonymous. It was our old pod before joining the Locked On Network. That's where we, you know, send, send your questions, send your fan mail, send us anything you want, anything you want here on the show. And uh, we're fans first, people second, and podcast third. And go Knowles, baby. No doubt. And if you're in the mood for bed on this weekend, Jersey Drake had you covered there. But if you want a little more insight, I strongly encourage you to look, listen to the Locked on Beds podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Beds podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. For Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake, until next time.